Turn to the book of Isaiah. Turn to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 4. In the length of time I've been privileged to stand in a pulpit and preach the gospel, I, early on in ministry I started out with this overwhelming uh, pressure in my life to come up with a new word every Sunday or every Wednesday. And uh, when early on in ministry, when you go to the pulpit as a 21-year-old kid, you, 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 you feel that pressure. And it was for many, many years. I'm, I'm, I'm a little older now. Thank you for not noticing. And, but early on, I used to be so stressed on Fridays and Saturdays and on Sunday mornings to have a word from God to the point that it almost created a, a, a fearful condition to have a word from God. And, and, and over the years, God's given me some wonderful mentors to help me uh, develop. You know, you have to develop. You have to grow. And, and uh, I don't mean this to sound as if I'm unprepared. I want you to understand that what I'm about to tell you is not because I'm unprepared. It's because I have become uh, more sensitive Okay. It's not I didn't read this week. It wasn't I didn't do anything in the way of preparation. But on Saturday afternoon, Marcia looked at me and I was sitting on the couch and we were enjoying if we're you know, we were enjoying a beautiful day and just relaxing and she said, Are you studying today? Because historically over the years, Saturdays I you didn't touch me on Saturday because that was my final prep day to get ready. I said, No, I'm all right. The whole day went through. Lingering in my spirit, I had this word, and and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. This is this is as vulnerable as I can be. Okay, I had it in there. I just wasn't sure how it was going to germinate and blossom. And and I took a position of going, God, you know exactly how to orchestrate in the moment that I cannot pre-plan. And when the Holy Spirit began to move this morning, and I had this verse of Scripture in my heart, and I had it and I've carried it and marinated on it and all that, and the Spirit of God began to move, then I went, okay, now I begin to see this a little clearer. So I'm going to try to explain this to you the best I can. Make no mistake, there is an all-out attack on the body of Christ. Make no mistake, there is an all-out attack on the believers in the body of Christ. And the world system is driving us into a corner of obscurity. There is a prevailing power in this, in this culture that we live that is seeking to nullify our voice. And, and I think the church has become somewhat anemic and pale in comparison to the New Testament church, not because God has changed, not because the Holy Ghost has changed, but because we have become way too comfortable in the churches that we attend. Because we have become so institutionalized in the mechanics of how to do church that we almost now can do it with or without God, with or without His presence, in fact, we even believe now we can do it without one of God's fivefold offices. That's how far we've drifted from God's mandated purpose 
of the church is we've become so comfortable with talent and ability that we have become, uh, what's the word, at ease on Sunday mornings. And my problem is I think we've become so comfortable with God and accustomed to a thin anointing that if the power of God was to show up in the house, we wouldn't be quite sure how to handle it and we would even question if it was from God. I don't want this next generation to wonder what the power of God looks like. I want them to grow up underneath the canopy of His glory. I want them to grow up under the power of His presence. And I want them to know that the power of God is not something for a distant land or for a past tense experience. It is a now relevant move in the earth that should be embraced with all sobriety. I do not take the Holy Ghost for granted. I do not take and I will not allow us to take it for granted here. Because the day we take the moving of His Spirit for granted is the day the glory no longer visits. All right, let me get to this. Isaiah chapter 4. I want to read just a couple verses of Scripture. Because I want you to know that God has always been in the renewal and restoration business. In verse number 4 of the fourth chapter of Isaiah. It says, and when the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and purged the blood of Jerusalem from her midst by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create above every dwelling place in Mount Zion and above her assembly a cloud and smoke by day and a shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory there will be a covering. You say, well, that doesn't really resonate with where I'm at in my life, Pastor. The Bible said God spoke to Israel, spoke to Jerusalem, and said, I'm going to restore you. But I can't restore you without dealing with what has separated you from me. There will never be a restoration in the body of Christ until we become comfortable with the purging fire of the Holy Spirit that wants to burn away my carelessness, burn away my unconcern, burn away the deadness of carnality, and it will not be a renewal or an awakening. I don't care if we sing the song every Sunday. We can sing there's going to be an awakening every Sunday. But until we allow the Holy Spirit to purge us and to burn through us, there will never be an awakening. Now, I know that's not popular because we want an awakening without responsibility. Ah, But when God dealt with Jerusalem and He dealt with them, He said, I've got to wash the filth away. He said, I'm going to bring a covering and a canopy of glory, but I can't bring the glory until the filth, the impurity, the toxins are gone. I want an awakening more than you. I want the Holy Spirit to touch our community. I want the power of God to be revealed. I want God to wash things and cleanse things and bring your family to the kingdom. But it can't, it can't happen until you and I take responsibility for us. 
Because you are the agent. You're the carrier. Let me read these scriptures one time. Break them down for you and then just give me a couple minutes. I'm just going to say it now. I'm going to preach this again next Sunday. I just looked at it and I started unpacking it in my mind and I'm realizing there's no way I can unpack the depth of this right here. Because there's so much that God said to, to Israel and to Jerusalem that it's impossible for me to unpack. But the Bible said He's going to wash away the filth, the pride, the vanity, the haughtiness of the daughters of Zion. He said, I'm going to take care of the impurities. I'm going to take care of what toxifies you and contaminates you. He said, I'm going to wash away the filth. But I can't wash it away until the Spirit comes. The Spirit of judgment and the Spirit of burning. He said, I'm going to have to release the Spirit before there can be a covering. Now notice this. He said, I'm going to release the Spirit. In the midst of you, a spirit of judgment, a spirit of burning, in order to eradicate those things. Why? So that I can create a dwelling place for myself. We've got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to get a little uncomfortable in these last days. It's going to get uncomfortable for our carnality. It's going to get uncomfortable for our flesh. It's going to become uncomfortable for you and I because I believe in these last days that God is going to amp up the deposit of the Holy Spirit in each one of our lives. In order for Him to amp up the deposit of the Holy Spirit, He's going to have to continue to work on the toxicants, the contaminants, the hindrances, the obstacles, the mindsets, the victimizations, all the things that I have limited and had an excuse to keep me from roaring as a righteous lamb. Because, see, I know this is humorous, I know. But, but this, is how, this is how I roll, because it's just me. I, I, I look down at my shirt today. said, enough excuses. Roar. That don't mean nothing to nobody. I'm over here worshiping. Praising God. Thinking about Isaiah 4 and 4. I look down. I never saw that before. Enough excuses. And then it was almost like a spiritual revelation. Enough excuses. I've excused the fire. I've excused the purging. Because I said I've been to church. I grew up in church. I go faithfully to church. I'm obedient to church. I know the mechanics of the church. And God says, I understand that you can get your body to church. I'm not looking for your body. I'm looking deeper than that. I'm looking to eradicate the limitations in your mind. I'm looking to tear down the imaginations of your mind. I'm trying to rip you from defeat and usher you into triumph. No more excuses. Now, there's a sermon, ain't it? 
I might just cut that part of the shirt out. Tape it on this little thing I put my Bible on. If I had scissors, I'd do it now. Don't, 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 don't. Enough excuses. Yeah, but they hurt me. Yeah, but the reason I'm in the condition I'm in is because of the faulty behavior system of my family members. The reason I'm victimized is because they took advantage of me. The reason I'm not roaring, the reason I'm not victorious, the reason I'm not triumphant, it's my mother's fault or my father's fault or my grandparents' fault. And we've got excuses built into our experience with God. And I got news for you. God says, I'm about to burn some stuff up. I'm about to release a blast of the Holy Ghost that eradicates your excuses. Because I've got to change my focus. I have a short window in the earth. I have a short lifetime. It's very, very short. I'm beginning to realize that the older I get. And I realize that if I'm going to make an indelible difference on somebody else's life, I better get busy living. I better get li busy uh, living a triumphant, victorious life and stop making excuses for my laziness. I need a blast. If you're here today, I encourage you, please, if all possible, be here next Sunday morning. I know where the Spirit of God's already moved, and I know that, and I don't want to be a insensitive of your time, but I, I implore you, please get here next Sunday. Listen, you say, well, I'm just here as a guest today. Please, I'm imploring you, please come back next Sunday. Not because we need you in the church, but I believe the Lord got a word for you, and I, I really can't. You understand where I'm at this morning? I'm sensitive right now because it's all, you remember a couple of months ago, I just felt the overwhelming presence. I just couldn't hardly speak. It was just almost overwhelming. That's exactly how I feel again this morning. I almost feel so overwhelmed with his presence, I almost fear to speak. You say, well, that seems kind of unusual. I'm thinking it's going to get worse. I think it's going to get worse because I believe the Holy Spirit is dealing with my carelessness and my unconcern. And I believe he's got a restoration plan. I just don't think our, uh, the restoration plan of God lines up with our modern church's plan. I, I have a strong concern that America's plan or the church's plan of America for restoration has absolutely nothing to do with repentance has very little to do with accountability, has very little to do with submission. But I'm telling you, what I believe God's birthing in my spirit over the last few days is there's going to be a radical move of repentance. There's going to be a stirring in the house of God. There's going to be a drawing by the power of God to come back to authentic Christianity and stop playing the games and the charades. I believe that. I believe the Spirit of God is moving, but I believe He's moving in the inner chambers of our excuses. Well, what will somebody think if I come up front? They'll think you're hungry. What will somebody think if the prayer team prays for me? They'll think you're in need and you're a potential miracle. What will they think if I'm weeping all the time? They'll think the cistern's been broken. Your hard heart has been made vulnerable before God. Next Sunday morning, please, if you don't mind. I'm going to take this foundation and I'm going to break down to you what a church that is a restoration church looks like. Can I do that? Next Sunday morning, I'm going to break down. I really, I've got four things that the Spirit of God gave me. And if I preach four things today, you will not get out of here anytime soon. And I know you don't care, but there's somebody sitting three rows behind you. 
They do care. And if I don't have all of you, what's the point? I don't want to talk to just a few of you that already believe this. I want to talk to everybody. And listen, if you've got friends and family that are in church and they're just kind of drifting, they're aloof, get them here next Sunday morning. Because here's what I'm believing. I'm believing the fire of God is going to come. And this is the word I had, a canopy of glory. It's exactly what he told Jerusalem. He told Jerusalem, I'm going to restore the temple. I'm going to restore your walls. I'm going to restore the the authenticity of my call and destiny on your life. And I'm going to do it in such a way. He said, first of all, I've got to deal with what caused you to fail. Right? He said, I've got to deal with what caused you to fail. And second of all, once I deal with what caused you to fail, the excuses in your life, once I've got them purged and out of the way, he said, then I'll bring a canopy of glory. And he said, when I do, I'll protect you from everything that tries to come back on you. So next Sunday morning, we're going to deal with how the Spirit of God is going to remove those things in order that the canopy of glory... Doesn't that sound powerful to you? A canopy of glory. A canopy of glory. We're we're going home. The latter part of verse 5. For over all the glory, there will be a covering. Over the glory, there'll be a covering. Over the glory, there'll be a covering. A canopy over the glory. Can I break this for you? How many's got canopies that you stick up? We bought one the other day. That's a real test of your faith. It wasn't bad going up. I nearly had a a moment. Thank you, honey, for being there to save me. Because that sucker was about to go into the trash. And it was new. But we bought one of them canopies. Pulled it out of the thing, popped it up. Beautiful. Kept the watt out, the heat out. Kept the rain from getting on your head. A canopy provides a protective covering. But notice what the scripture says, and I want you to think about this, and I want this to meditate in your spirit for a few days. He said, I'm going to put a covering over my glory. The glory's not the covering. He said, I'm going to put my glory there, and then I'm going to cover the glory. Oh, hallelujah. See, we've been looking for the glory. We've been looking for the glory to interrupt our plans. We've been looking for the glory to touch the world. We've been looking for the glory to impart something into into humanity. But we haven't understood the glory will disappear unless there's a covering to protect the glory. It's one thing to have the fire and the judgment of God to pull out all the toxicants. That's beautiful. And Him put the glory in. But when the glory's in, how many know the glory's got to have a covering to keep the glory? You're going to have to have a covering to keep the glory in. Oh, that's a thought. Stand with me in this room. I know, I know, I know. This is far, far from anything I normally do on Sundays. Turn to the book of Isaiah. Turn to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 4. In the length of time I've been privileged to stand in a pulpit and preach the gospel, I early on in ministry I started out with this overwhelming... Uh, 
pressure in my life to come up with a new word every Sunday or every Wednesday. And uh, when early on in ministry, when you go to the pulpit as a 21-year-old kid, you, 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 you feel that pressure. And it was for many, many years. I'm, I'm, I'm a little older now. Thank you for not noticing. And, but early on, I used to be so stressed on Fridays and Saturdays and on Sunday mornings to have a word from God to the point that it almost created a, a, a fearful condition to have a word from God. And, and, and over the years, God's given me some wonderful mentors to help me uh, develop. You know, you have to develop. You have to grow. And, and uh, I don't mean this to sound as if I'm unprepared. I want you to understand that what I'm about to tell you is not because I'm unprepared. It's because I have become uh, more sensitive Okay. It's not I didn't read this week. It wasn't I didn't do anything in the way of preparation. But on Saturday afternoon, Marcia looked at me, and I was sitting on the couch, and we were enjoying. If we're, you know, we were enjoying a beautiful day and just relaxing. And she said, "Are you studying today?" Because historically, over the years, Saturdays, I, you didn't touch me on Saturday because that was my final prep day to get ready. I said, "No, I'm all right." The whole day went through. Lingering in my spirit, I had this word, and and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. This is this is as vulnerable as I can be. Okay, I had it in there. I just wasn't sure how it was going to germinate and blossom. And and I took a position of going, God, you know exactly how to orchestrate in the moment that I cannot pre-plan. And when the Holy Spirit began to move this morning, and I had this verse of Scripture in my heart, and I had it, and I've carried it, and marinated on it, and all that, and the Spirit of God began to move, then I went, okay, now I begin to see this a little clearer. So I'm going to try to explain this to you the best I can. Make no mistake, there is an all-out attack on the body of Christ. Make no mistake, there is an all-out attack on the believers in the body of Christ. And the world system is driving us into a corner of obscurity. There is a prevailing power in this, in this culture that we live that is seeking to nullify our voice. And, and I think the church has become somewhat anemic and pale in comparison to the New Testament church, not because God has changed, not because the Holy Ghost has changed, but because we have become way too comfortable in the churches that we attend. Because we have become so institutionalized in the mechanics of how to do church that we almost now can do it 